Some of you may not know, my name is Jack. I am the, yeah, we just said it. But I am the youth oversight at Morayfield. So it's awesome. Is there any Morayfield youth around? I can see a few. There's a, there's a few. Christian told me that he came just to see me, which is pretty cool. So, but what God is doing in Emerge Youth Morayfield is, is crazy. Last year, we started with two teenagers, two I remember I was talking to Pastor Jason in this car park going, man, I can't run youth with two teenagers. What am I going to do? But what God has been doing is, is just unbelievable. And, and we're now seeing 40 to 50 teenagers every Friday night come, come which is unbelievable. Yeah, it deserves a clap. But, but one thing I've learned with, with Morayfield is it's a suburb that has a, such a lack of hope and it kills me. So, so please be praying that, that more can come so that we can impart that hope. And because, because we, the, the difference between teenagers as they come is just unbelievable because we believe that God gives everybody a dream. We believe that this is the generation that's going to change the suburb of Morayfield. So please be praying for us as a team, as everything, because it's unbelievable. And I've only had two death threats by teenagers. So only two. So we're doing well. Uh, so... But before I get into tonight, I just want to pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts, open up our, our ears today, Lord. And Lord, let, let what I say, Lord, not be my words, Lord, but be your words. Lord, I, I know this is a word from you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, bring us the people that we need to listen. To. We need, bring us the people that we need to hear, we need to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. J.K. Rowling. Joe Rogan, Brian Houston, Taylor Swift, and Chris Hodges. I know you're thinking that is the most random way to start a message. But all of these people have one thing in common. I know it doesn't seem like it, but they all have one thing in common. And that is, once upon a time, they've all been cancelled but once. They've all been cancelled. So tonight, I have named my message, Cancelled or Forgiven. Yep, so who here knows, you may not, but we actually live in a world, in a society, in a world that is run by this thing called cancel culture. If I searched on the internet right now, there would be dozens and dozens of articles about companies and individuals being so-called cancelled for something they've done or an action they have taken. And, and if you are unsure what cancel culture is, it's just defined, it is defined as the popular practice of withdrawing support cancelling for public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is genuinely discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. So an example of this is just this week, Taylor Swift got cancelled. I know, I know, it's heartbreaking. But, <laughs> no, it's not. But, see, <laughs> Taylor Swift got cancelled because she has used her private jet too much this year. Too much. They said, it's been too much. Even though there's 100,000 flights that fly out every day, people are saying Taylor Swift is the reason that, that the pollution has occurred. It's ridiculous, I know. It's, it is ridiculous. But that's the world we live in. It's a world where it is okay and acceptable to cancel people if they do or say the wrong thing. But this is only isn't only a problem of celebrities, people of note, or companies. This is actually starting to become a problem in society that we live in. 
And you see, Pastor Julie explained it so perfectly a couple of months ago. I don't, she's, she's just at the back, and, and I'm going to steal it from her. But she said, where, we live, now live in a world where everybody fights for their truth, but their truth hasn't come from facts or knowledge. It's come from emotional decisions. So if your truth doesn't align with their truth, it has become acceptable for that person to just disregard what you believe and, and, and doesn't, don't care about your understanding or anything, but instead shame you for having that opinion and in essence, cancelling you. And so Jed, Jed's looking super confused, so I'll just explain it this way. Um, Jed's just like, drums, that's all, drums. I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll put it this way for you, Jed. If you do the wrong thing or have a different opinion to others, it is now acceptable in society for others to bully you because your opinion differs from theirs with absolutely no understanding or forgiveness in the matter. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds real silly, but it's actually becoming extremely acceptable in society. And the saddest part is that Christians are actually the ones under, under attack the most. And, and what, what Christians find themselves doing is, is I believe there's, there's two options that Christians find themselves. And it's, especially for this younger generation, option one is I'm going to be careful in what I say or any action I take as I don't want to be risk of being shamed or attacked or publicly humiliated. And you see, option number two is I'm going to fight for what I believe in and I don't care about your, your opinions. In essence, just adding to cancel culture. Um, but everybody finds themselves debating these two options, one way or another. See, in my marriage, it's, it's quite funny. Tiana always leans towards option number one, where, where, and especially at her workplace, which have very strong opinions. She, she leans to go, I, I just, I'm just going to be blending with the crowd here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, Work, I don't need to do my opinion, and, and that's it. But me, I know this might come as a shock if you know me, but, I, but I'm option number two, where I'm like, nah, stuff ya. If you're going to come at me, I'm coming at you. But, but what I've worked out over the time, both of these options aren't good. Both of these options are actually pretty bad. But first, I want to look at option number one which is I'm going to be careful in what I say or any action I take as I don't want to risk being shamed or publicly humiliated. In a sense, option number one is actually driven by fear. It's driven by fear of being attacked about what you believe. It's driven by fear of just going, I don't, I, like I just want to get along with people and, and, and I can't stand, I'm scared. And to be completely honest, pretty understandable. Nobody wants to be attacked for what they believe in. Very understandable. But you see, Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, this is what Jesus had said to the disciples pretty much directly after he had resurrected. And it's known as the Great Commission. So if Jesus said this to the disciples and said that we need to do this. How are we going to do this if we, can't, if we don't say any of our opinions, if we don't tell people that we're a Christian? How, how are we going to do that? How is it, it's, and the thing is, we can't. We can't disciple people if they don't know we're Christians. 
We can't baptize people in the Holy Spirit if we don't know they're Christians. And you see, this is why option number one isn't great because then you need to have a boldness. You actually need to have confidence in knowing that, that God will guide you throughout what you do. And you see, Joshua 1 verse 9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God has made us to be called make disciples and baptize people in the Holy Spirit. So I really need to encourage, and, I, and actually, I, I want to stick on this point, because in worship, I really felt that this was a struggle for a lot of people. But we can't be afraid. They're going to come out at us no matter what. Like, let's just be real. So why not tell people about God's love? Why not tell people and, and act in a way that people will go, there's something different about them. Yes, you might be attacked. Yes, it's a risk. But God is with us. As that verse says, God is with us until the end of age. So we can know that we have God with us and he will get us through. And this leads me to my second option, which is I'm going to fight for what I believe in and I don't care about your opinions. And as I said, this is the option that I struggle with sometimes. And, and I can, countless times, this has got me in trouble because I have just gone a bit too far where I shouldn't have done it. But there's one particular time that, that I realized this was a shocking, shocking thing to do. And it's, um, I just, and it, it was middle to late last year when I decided I'm going to become TikTok famous. <laughs> if you don't know what TikTok is, it's an app that you can put a video up and it, uh, for 15 to 30 seconds, and it's really just, just any video you want, you'll find there. So I decided I'm going to become TikTok famous. I, I was on TikTok, and I saw all these people making millions of dollars. And I was like, this is my way. Crypto, it's not going to last. But I know that TikTok will. So I, <laughs> so I went, I remember I had my Chobani yogurt with me in my work break. Yep, don't eat Yopros. They're gross. Chobani. And if you want the protein, get the Chobani fit. That's just, that's just a bit of advice. But I, but I remember I set my phone up on the window and I grabbed my yogurt and I started eating my yogurt. And I posted it. That's it. That, that's, that's, I thought this is the way I'm going to become TikTok famous. And to my surprise, I got a decent amount of views. So I was like, this is it. I'm making it, guys. I am going to become TikTok famous. So I started posting. I remember that night I went out with the boys. I vlogged. I, was, I, made, I made one of the boys jump a fence to do this trampoline thing. I, I was like, man, it's for the vlog, man. <laughs> he did it. it was, where's Jacob Fennell? He did it. It was pretty cool. Uh, but so, so I started to filming, and, and, I, and guys, I can confidently say I made it. I, I became TikTok famous. I got, I got 2,000 views, and... And yeah, yeah, no, 2,000 views, one video. Look at that. <laughs> but, but what happened is, and I, I remember one night I'm, I'm making dinner, and because I was famous, obviously people were commenting on my post. So I remember, like, looking at my comments, because famous, that's what famous people do, and I, all of a sudden, I see King Storm, Storm 123456789090 comment a poo emoji. On my, on my TikTok. I was like, I've got my first hater. My first hater. So I did, I did what every normal person would do. I screenshotted it. I got the background where it's like a green screen. 
And I called him out on my next TikTok. I called him out. I said, Kingstorm, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. You are not doing, this is not okay. But you see, I thought it was funny at the time. But I remember a couple of days went by and I got heavily convicted. I, I, I called out a kid. Like, <laughs> I green screened and pretty much bullied a kid. I couldn't believe it. And I got heavily convicted at that time. And you see, what I, what I realized is I, I got sucked in to being like, and this is such a well, so the world, what I did is pretty normal. Like there's trolls all over. But what I did, I got sucked into believing that that was okay and funny. So I just did it, which, which is terrible. And, and in this conviction, I remember it so clearly. I remember going, how would, how would Kingstorm 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0, anybody else that watch this TikTok know that I'm different? How would they know? I'm just doing what a normal person does and bullying people apparently. And, and I worked out they wouldn't. And that bothered me. That really bothered me. I realized everybody that looked at that wouldn't know I'm a Christian. Anybody that looked at that wouldn't know that there's something different about me. And, and I, I hated it. And it got me thinking about how easy it is as Christians to get distracted and let society's way of thinking become our way of thinking without us even realizing. And see, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Wow, this verse is great to say, isn't it? It is such a good verse to say, I will not conform to this world. I want to see God's good and pleasing will. But then in reality, it's not easy to actually do that. In reality, we have things like these, things that are like our phones that in a, in a few clicks on the button, we can see all news. We can see everything that we want to see. Currently, all I'm seeing is my whole family in Europe and Thailand. <laughs> not fair, but, <laughs> but it's so easy to get distracted and, and pick up society's ways without even realizing. And, and a way this is done is, is actually by elevating ourselves above others without us even realizing. It could be that, that you just, just don't get along and you're like, oh, well, I'm clearly better than you. It could be that they've stuffed up. Actually, you know what it actually could be? It could be that you're ranking sin. And, and so we all stuff up. We all fall short of the goodness of God. But, but you've just decided that because they stuffed up and did this, it's much, much worse than what you did. So you've elevated yourself above them and in essence, canceled them. Or maybe it's that they've chosen a different career path to you and you're like, well, my career path's better. And I, I'm not saying that we need to listen to everybody's advice. Don't get me wrong. Like, some, but but there's, there's a way to do it in love. We need to do it in love. We need to do it in forgiveness. And and we can't look at ourselves and go, that's we're just better than them and, and cancel them. That's just not right. And and yes, this is easily done, but how is that being different to anybody in the world? How is that being at all different? See, how are we showing the world that we are different if we are allowing ourselves to judge them, if we are allowing ourselves to just to look down on people and not even even love them? How are we being different? Because to be completely honest, what I read 
cancel culture, that's, you're just canceling people. So you're doing the same thing. And see, you look at people and you're like, because you have a different thought, action or belief, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm not even gonna listen to you. But we are called to act differently, church. And a way that we can act differently is that we have a God that's given us a redemption arc. And you see, the world says, yes, you've wronged me, so, so you're done. The world says, I disagree with you, so I'm just not gonna forgive you. You're, you're out of my life. But God Hasn't he shown us on the cross that we're forgiven? Yeah, I believe he has. So we, so, so when we stuff up, God says, don't worry, I still love you. When we may have a, have a different opinion that God might pick up, he, he picks us, God might disagree with, he, he convicts us, but he doesn't go, I'm not gonna forgive you for that. He actually forgives us. And you see, God provides a redemption arc that the world doesn't give. And so if we're going to get given that redemption arc, I think it's fair that we can be able to give it to other people. We can give it to people in our workplaces. We can give it to people in our schools. We can give it to people in our family. And see, above all, and 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. So next time you're at work, next time you're at school, next time maybe you're out for dinner with friends or family, and they make a mistake or they say something you disagree with, instead of judging them and shaming them, be people that show love and forgiveness. And let that shine through because that's what will show God's love more than anything. It's more than fighting, more than proving them wrong. God's love is shown by just showing love. And God showed us this all throughout the Bible. God showed us this was the way to live all throughout the Bible. And, but there's this one specific story I want to touch on, and it's found in Acts. And it's a story about a man named Saul. And, it says, and realistically, Saul was the ultimate canceller. So, see, Saul was born recently after Christ had died, and around then there was a very godly man named Stephen. And Stephen was killed for his beliefs. And from that moment, it says that Stephen got killed. It says that persecution broke out against the church. And this was led by Saul. This, and Saul did this by getting permission by the Jewish leaders to start killing and putting Christians in jail because he didn't agree with their thought processes. Can you see why he was the ultimate cancellor? It's pretty cancel. And, and another thing, doesn't that seem pretty similar to the world we live in now? Doesn't that seem very similar where, where it can be a bit persecutionary? But you see, the story doesn't end, end there. And Acts 9, 3 to 19 says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord Saul asked? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called him to, in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. 
The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas and on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have, not, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This story I find so powerful because it shows who God really is. Saul was actively hunting Christians, but that didn't stop God. God showed us that despite all Saul has done, he's gonna, he chose to love and forgive him. And from that encounter that God had with Saul, Saul went on to be called Paul. And Paul preached to many, 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 many people in the Roman Empire preaching God's Word. And this is all because of an encounter that Paul had on the way to Damascus. Imagine, though, if God was like, this guy's like hunting my people. Um, I can't. I can't have that. I, I can't. I can't love him. He's really going out of his way to attack people. But he didn't. You see, instead, he, he decided, you know what? I'm going to show my love to him. I'm going to give him an encounter that he can't deny who I am. And if God is powerful enough to change Saul, I can guarantee you he's powerful enough to change people in your life. He's powerful enough to change people in your schools. He's powerful enough to change people in your workplaces. He's powerful enough to change that annoying uncle that you have. My uncle's here tonight, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. But he is my uncle, but I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, I love you, Uncle Russell. He told me he was going to heckle me. So, um, but, it's, but we just cannot give up. And yes, God had an unbelievable encounter with Saul, but there was actually another man in the story that I mentioned, and that man was named Ananias. And I just want to dive into this, this Ananias part of the story because, yes, the, the encounter that Jesus, that God had with Paul, changed his life. But I really believe that the encounter that God had, that Paul had with Ananias, changed many other people's lives around him. See, what happened is. Who here has been asked to do something by God? It's really hard. And you're just like, no. <laughs> and, then, and then God's like, yes. Is it just me? People are laughing at me like I'm the bad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, nah, that's never happened to me. But seriously, I know it's happened to everybody. I know that everybody here may have struggled once in their life where God's asked them and, and you've battled a little bit. And then, but you've ended up doing it but you haven't done it with a soft heart. You've just done it because God has called you. And then 
And then finally, when it happens, you're like, okay, I, I will listen to you, God, every time. I'm sorry. But Ananias here, this similar thing happened, but Ananias, it says that knew about Paul's mission and he knew about the risks meeting up with Saul. And yes, Ananias did question God, but Ananias still obeyed and went. And there's just this one part. See, as I said before, me, me and you, sometimes God says something, we do it, but it's a bit begrudgingly. But Ananias, it says, walked into the room where Saul was and said, Brother Saul. It doesn't say Saul the persecutor. It doesn't say Saul the guy that hates Christians. It didn't even say Saul. He said, Brother Saul. And I can't help but wonder if Ananias knew what, what, Saul, what Saul was doing at the time, I'm pretty sure Saul would have had a good idea that Ananias knew. So that he himself, in one moment, the first thing that is said is brother Saul. Imagine the love that Saul would have received from this Christian. Imagine that. And you see, he went on to heal Saul through God. But I just, I just find that so unbelievable that in two words, that love was shown to someone that had done so much wrong. See, we, and Ananias had every right to hold judgment. Ananias had every right to hold anger over Saul. But instead, he showed God's love and forgiveness. And because of that bravery and obedience, this is what it goes on to say. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All of those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Wow, isn't that cool? Ananias had every right, every right to go after him. But instead, he showed love. Instead, he showed obedience. And, 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 this, was only, and this was done only several days after the encounter that Saul had with Ananias. Who are the Saul's in your life that need you to be the person that need you to be an Ananias for? Who are they? We all have them. We all know about them. Who are they? Because I know, like Ananias, if we show love, if we show forgiveness, if we show just just being different, I know that they're going to respond in a way that they may have never responded before. And you see, maybe it isn't a soul. Maybe it's a Christian that needs your help, that's been sinning, that's been stuffing up and, and, and you've just ignored it and just gone, oh, I'm going to let them live their life. Maybe it's actually someone like that, that you need to go and God's put them on your heart to actually show his love, to show his forgiveness. As that Matthew verse said, we are called to make disciples. How are you making a disciple if you're just letting them be? See, you might be the Ananias that they need. And as I've said tonight, this is not, just one of one stories about how we need to show love and forgiveness. But this is actually shown throughout the Bible. And Jesus, the most famous man to ever walk this earth, showed this countless times. Jesus forgave a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. 
Jesus healed many people that men, I can guarantee you, would have stuffed up. He even forgave the people that hung him on the cross. And that's just to name a few moments. But there is one time where Jesus specifically explained our two most important commandments. And it's found in Matthew 22, 35 to 40. And it says, one of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second commandment, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on to these two commandments. I want to focus on that second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Does loving your neighbor mean fighting with them? Because they, we have different opinions? I don't think so. Does loving your neighbor mean speaking behind their back or publicly shaming them because they made a mistake? Does loving your neighbor mean canceling them just because you disagree and they stuffed up? No. Loving your neighbor means forgiving them when they make a mistake. Loving your neighbor means loving them even when you disagree. Loving your neighbor means wanting the best for them even when you just don't get along. So yes, we do live in a world that cancel culture has become the normal thing to do. But just like Jesus showed, and just like Jesus said, we need to show love and forgiveness. And can I please have the band come up? Thank you. See, this week, I, I caught up with one of my school friends. Um, we've, we've been friends genuinely since I moved here. He's been a great, great friend of mine. But throughout this whole time, he actually hasn't been a Christian. So, and I've been with him in some very, very interesting places of our life, of his life as well, trust me. But as we're eating a lasagna together on Wednesday night, he starts to talk to me about how he's recently become a Christian. And to be completely honest, I was really taken aback. I was like, Wow, okay, okay. So I asked him, wow, that's unbelievable. Like, that's the best decision you ever made and like, really champion. But, but then I asked, what made you come to that decision? And, and he, he goes on to tell me that he's been reading a lot in the news. He's been listening to a lot of podcasts. And the negativity and the, the hatred of the world just never sat right. The fact that constantly people are just being canceled for views never sat right with him. And it caused him to look around it caused him to look around in his life and go, whoa, all the people in my life that, that have loved me through my tough times, all the people that in my life that have loved me through when I've made some terrible, terrible mistakes have all been Christians. And he, and he realized in, in that moment, he goes, I just realized I want to live a life like that. I want to live a life that, that champions people, that loves people, and, and I find that so unbelievable. But, but one thing, he didn't say the, the people around me just condemned me. He didn't say the people around me just judged me. He said the people around me loved me. The people around me championed me. We need to be people that champion Jesus. We can't condemn. That Leave that to God. He will. We can't be the ones that just show judgment. We need to be the ones that show love and forgiveness when people make mistakes. Because that will mean that God's love 
will shine through. It doesn't matter what the mistake is. It doesn't matter what the opinion is. All that matters is that we act differently to how the world reacts. And that is through God's love. That is through God's forgiveness. There is a redemption arc that we can offer that the world can't. Thank you.